This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Jordan and I'm joined tonight by David and Brady. Uh, Coincidentally, this is technically the anniversary podcast, our first ever episode, episode one, where we introduced you guys to the crew and the concept of the podcast went live on February 7th of 2019. And this podcast is going live on February 6th. So uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that later. But before that... We're going to talk a little bit about some Georgia State basketball action. The Alabama schools came into the sports arena this past week. Panthers downed South Alabama 76-73, to and then losing a heartbreaker to Troy by a score of 84-78 to on Saturday. Gentlemen, what are our thoughts about this Alabama school visit? First of all, I've tied a balloon around my hand because this is an anniversary podcast. Um, just wanted to say personally, thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, jumping right into last weekend's games. I think the nice thing, you got that good win against South Alabama. Uh, it was pretty close, but, you know, they did it. And we can talk about the Panthers late in games uh, a little bit later on in the show. Uh, that Troy team just doesn't feel like a team that should be able to bust Georgia State up as much as they have. And, you know, Georgia State has played great defense from three uh and for whatever reason the troy trojans have just figured out what it is that they need to do to beat georgia state so you know it sucks that they split those two games when they had both of them in their hands but you know we'll see it 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 might not matter as much as we think it does if that makes sense yeah i mean I don't necessarily know how to talk about this homestand because it went one and one. You split the games. You were seconds away from going two and zero. Oh. But based on the play, if I'm honest, it wouldn't have been undeserving to go zero oh and two in those games. So it's it was a really uh, on the knife edge type homestand where things go a little bit differently either the games one or two things the result might have been different um i think that south alabama is really playing well as of late uh not just in games against georgia state but just it feels like they've come into their own and they kind of know what they want to do as a team now and so in both games they've played georgia state they've played georgia state tough and it uh, they honestly gave a better shot this time than in the uh, game in Mobile. Uh, And Georgia State started off just really slow on offense and kind of played from behind the entire game, made some plays down the stretch, and won that game. And then on Saturday, it was kind of a crazy game to be at. Uh, Teams don't come in and put up 50 and a half against Georgia State that often or shoot from three that often well in the sports arena against Georgia State. But that's what Troy did. They came in and put 50 in the first half up and really just looked unconscious from three. The second half, they looked extremely conscious from three and couldn't buy a three for the better part of the half. And then late in the game, Georgia State wasn't really getting any good looks at the basket. Troy was milking the clock down and they weren't really getting a ton better looks, but they were going in and that's what ended up counting in the end and 
if a Justin Roberts layup at the end of the game goes a different way, we'd be talking about a 2-0 Georgia State homestand and probably being pretty flowery about it. But the way that they played this homestand does continue to bring up worrying things for this team, in my opinion. Well, how worried are you? Because I think, yes, it sucks that they lost to Troy. Yes, they could have played better against South Alabama, too. Um, But I think there is still something to be said about them doing just enough. And especially in the South Alabama game, yes, South Alabama closed the gap and, you know, it kind of got a little hectic there at the end and it just came down to free throws and, you know, just kind of game situation. But at the end of the day, the Panthers still got the win. And I mean, yeah, you know, you want them to play 40 minutes of, you know, not back and forth basketball, but when they needed to get, clutch free throws and clutch shots, they were able to do it in one of the games. And then it just took another team that shoots the lights out, you know, from beyond the arc to be at Georgia State. But is that necessarily on the Panthers or is that on Troy? Well, I mean, it's definitely commendable and useful for late game situations how good the Panthers have shown that they can be closing out games. And all of that is good for in the situation. I don't think that the loss on Saturday means, oh no, Georgia State can't close out games because a lot of the evidence is to the contrary, the way that they've played throughout this season. My problem would just be that you don't want to be in that situation every game. And it's felt like a lot of close games recently and they've won a few of them and The one against Troy was the first one in a while that they've lost that's been down to the wire, but it shows you why you want to put some space between yourself in the middle of a game. And like Troy went about five and a half minutes without scoring. They were up, I believe two when they scored before their drought. And when they scored again, Georgia state was only up four. And so if a team goes almost you know, five and a half, six minutes without scoring and you can only push the lead, you know, change it six points, go from down two to up four. It's a, a, you're asking to have that team stay in the game and come back and win. And I guess for me, it's just, yes, winning games is obviously the most important thing. And it's not panic time at all. You've still got a month of the season. And as far as the conference goes, you're, kind of in a rough spot as far as winning it, but you're still kind basically where you want to be in the standings, but just taking away the results of it. I think that I wouldn't be alone in saying that I just want to see them play better, more consistently. And I think no one more would want to see that than coach Lanier. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with that. Um, you know, speaking of consistency and play, um, Corey Allen had a really good weekend, um, 19 points against South Alabama and then 25 points against Troy, you know, so it seemed like he, <laughs> I don't want to say he was the only one that showed up against Troy, but you know, it would be nice if this was the type of production we got out of him every single game, you know, but I think to your point on consistency, one thing that has been frustrating is the Panthers will play a game where 
They'll have around 10 turnovers, um, you know, and then they'll force like 17 like they did against Georgia Southern. And then they'll come back and have like 14 turnovers and, um, you know, not be able to be as tenacious on defense as we've seen them. And, you know, that's incredibly frustrating because if they're able to cut down those turnovers, you know, the sky's the limit for them. And it's 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 not even that they're putting themselves in positions where the other team is acting on the ball, you know, intercepting passes. It's silly turnovers. It's, you know, Damon dribbling the ball off his feet here and you know, charges and travels and stuff like that. It's, and it's, it's easy stuff that you would think could be cleaned up is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, that absolutely needs to be ironed out, you know, before March comes around. Yeah, definitely your point a good week for Corey. Um, he kind of needed that. He had hit a little bit of s- some skids um, and Georgia state needs his scoring, especially his perimeter shooting, just full stop. It's an important part of the offense. Um, yeah. I think that the, the turnovers, it, I guess the thing that would be, you know, worrying if you want to class anything as worrying is it's February. So you're running out of time t- to say that you aren't who you are. You know what I mean? Like at a certain point, a team is who they are. There's not a ton of time left for them to change the way it's been. And and sometimes that's just how seasons go. Now, do I think Georgia state is talented enough and good enough to win the Sun Belt? Absolutely. I think this team could still make the NCAA tournament out of the conference and I'm not saying that I'm giving up or I'm not putting any like it's more in the vein of this team's gone to the NCAA tournament two years in a row and boasts a 15 and eight record right now. And so just as far as expectations around the program changing, it's just about wanting that, that extra more. It's about if this is who you want to be, then year in, year out, you got to find a way to do it. And this is just the turning point, I would say. Um, I think it's been a couple of weeks since we've called something a turning point so we can get away with it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this is a stretch where you're you're still in the number two seed. And so you get the buy straight to New Orleans, which gives you an advantage in the conference tournament. Got a little work to do and need a little luck to unseat Little Rock to win the conference, but that's kind of secondary at this point. But... If you lose a couple games more that you shouldn't, and especially since there's some tough road games coming up, you run the risk of putting yourself in a bad position going into the conference tournament. And just things could go ways at this point. And if you just play better and put some more consistent games together, you can keep the position you're in, which is the position you want to be in, and put some momentum going before the tournament. It's funny you mentioned um, kind of this stretch because before we talked about the stretch, you know, Georgia State, we said, should if they can go five and oh, great. Otherwise, you know, four and one is still a very good and respectable, you know, stretch during those five games. The team that they're chasing, Little Rock, somehow went six or five and oh during those five games. I believe six and oh, actually, because they didn't have their, uh, uh, game against Arkansas State. So that's, yeah, that's this week. So it's just, it's funny that, you know, even if Georgia State had won 
the game against Troy, they still would not be able to match Little Rock's result because they've just been so hot. Um, I think, though, it's nice that they're still in that second place. Um, There's been some movement under them a little bit, but they still are probably pretty entrenched in that top tier, which is still good. Um, They still as you said, need to fend off some teams. Um, they do play Texas state still. Obviously they play Southern again. Um, they don't play Arkansas state again, which sucks, but they do play little rock. So, um, I don't know if they're able to catch up to little rock for that one, but I still think this is a team that can still win the tournament. Even if they're not the second, they probably still can put together a good run in March. Yeah. It's just, it's about doing it now. And, um, so I guess let's just, uh clarify it now that we've talked about it we've we've kind of touched on it but we haven't really so little rock's currently two and a half up after thursday against louisiana will either be two back or three back depending on if they win or lose of little rock because little rock doesn't play thursday they only play on saturday this week against arkansas state and so the weird half game thing is going to go away after this week. And you're, you're needing to in the regular season, you, you obviously have to beat little rock. So that would erase one of the games. And so in that circumstance, you need to have little rock lose at least once on a week. You also win. And that's how you get back into it. So if you're Georgia state fan and you want the regular season title, just root against little rock. Every game <laughs> easy as that. Uh, the problem is that they're playing really well and it feels like the thing that maybe Georgia state has had in years past where they've got really good guard Marquise Knoll. And sometimes when you've got that guy who might be the best player in the conference and you've got some good supporting players around him that complement him well, it's a really hard team to beat in mid-major. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> you mentioned Noel, but that's, I mean, he's pretty much the reason why they've been winning all of these games. And that is to say nothing of the supporting cast that's you know around him. Um, you know, when you have that one guy that can take over and then you have a bunch of other guys who can give you anything, it becomes very difficult to stop a team when they get that head of steam. I mean, with Georgia State in years past with RJ and Marcus Simons. So I I think that it's fine if the Panthers end up finishing the second, kind of given where their uh, expectations were headed into the season. Well, sorry, where the uh, general consensus expectations for them were. Um, but I still think this is a team that I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Well, here's what I would say. I guess tying into the philosophy or the, just the mentality of this year from Kosanir that he's wanted to bring in of this is a different team. This is not the team that was in the tournament the last two years because a lot of them didn't play and he wasn't the coach at that point. And he said, these guys have to go out there and I'm paraphrasing, obviously these guys have to go out there and become that team. And so you're in a situation, there's a month of basketball left, give or take a few days. You're two and a half out of first right now. So if Georgia State does come back and win the regular season, 
it's not like a Herculean task. It's it's a pretty normal comeback, I would say. It's not out of this world of possibility, but it would say a lot for what Coach Lanier is trying to build in that it would be a case where they went out and earned it. And so I'm really curious to see how the this month goes. And I think we haven't really talked about the upcoming games, and part of that's because we talked about these teams not too long ago in the Louisiana schools, but it's it's also partly... It's the same thing we talked about when the Louisiana schools came to the sports arena. Them take care of business, get starters some rest, and get the games coming up. And I guess I would add on to that for this game's just look better. Um, find whatever rhythm has been lacking, especially on offense where it seems like guys are maybe settling for jump shots a lot. And that's really all I would have to say about these two games is if you have designs on winning the conference, even though it's road games, these are two teams, especially ULM that you should just handle. And that's just the, the expectation with this team. That's where it should be at. Yeah. You know, I mean, this Panthers team is five and seven on the road, which is a little bit, misleading because they include non-conference games and i mean they went to georgetown and um so fine whatever you could say what you want about their road performance um but honestly when we sit down and talk next week they need to be seven and seven because of just how bad that these two teams are um and i mean it goes back to everything we said when the louisiana schools visited atlanta it might not be the third floor or anything like that, but still definitely need two comfortable wins. Um, if you get two wins and they aren't comfortable, fine, whatever you're 10 and four in the conference and that still looks good, but definitely it would be important to at least make up that half game on little rock and maybe put some separation between you and Texas state as well. And the Georgia Southern Eagles. Yeah. I mean, I, unless you have anything else, uh, that's kind of all I really need to say about the upcoming games. Um, as Al Davis would say, just win, baby. And speaking of RJ, um, there was some news from the <laughs> did, did I, today. Did I say RJ? Yeah, <laughs> like five Al, minutes ago. I said, I, I said Al Davis. <laughs> I said RJ. <laughs> wow, remember those wonderful transitions from last week? Well, we're remember bringing that? them back. RJ Hunter is back in Atlanta playing for the College Park Skyhawks was announced uh today as of recording this podcast yeah not a lot of information just that he signed a contract in the g league with the skyhawks and i love it and i hope that anyone who's maybe been on the fence about going to a skyhawks game apparently the new arena is nice and they're trying to really do a lot with the college park area there um go support an alum yeah it's nice that he kind of he's had an interesting career so it's nice that he's a little bit back closer to home well closer to georgia state it's a home. It's a home for him. We'll, 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 we'll claim Atlanta claims RJ a little bit. And it's, it's good that it's the Hawks. I, I, there's a lot of injuries on the Hawks at this moment. So I guess theoretically there's a window for someone from the G League to come up. Um, I'm not sure that you would characterize it as real optimistic chances right now. But the fact is that a Georgia State alum is a stone's throw from playing for the Hawks, which would be a cool story. And so hopefully he gets his nose at the grind, as it were, does a lot of good in College Park, and we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, the Skyhawks I was just looking earlier currently have two players on two-way contracts with the Hawks at uh, State Farm. So, like you were saying, I don't, I don't know if it's super likely that he would immediately move into that kind of a position, but it's definitely possible. But uh, I think that just about does it for basketball talk this week. It is worth noting that football official National Signing Day was today as of recording this podcast, but... No new signings today because everyone signed in December. I don't know if that's indicative of a trend, but uh, I think we have a couple scholarships left over. I do know. That you do know. Indicative of a trend. All right. Well, no, noted signing day. It's the way specialist. I mean, of any of us. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I claim it. I still it, ask it, questions. Especially, every year. especially for the G five level. The December signing day is becoming the de facto signing day, and for what for any plethora of reasons, guys will hold on to February because the date still does exist. But I think, especially the sense I get with this staff is they prioritize the December one, and guys that are committed, they want to get signed and on on campus if possible. Um, so there wasn't a lot in the works. So it's not necessarily surprising. It's a quiet signing day. Uh, there seem to still be an indeterminate number of scholarships that are available for the football team. Um, as many as eight, maybe. Uh, we don't know what scholarships have been given or are going to be given to walk-ons currently in the program. So the number isn't official, but maybe there's some holding back of scholarships for any graduate transfers or just regular sit out of your transfers that might come in between now and spring practice or between now and the fall camp. So Georgia state has some scholarships to play with. We'll see what coach Elliott's plans are with those, but his plans didn't include signing on one today. So that's what we got for football. All right. We did get some uh, listener questions this week. Uh, first off, starting with Ben wants to know what our favorite hashtag is or potential hashtag rather is for the 2021 recruiting class. They haven't announced one yet, but uh, I know Taylor and I were talking offline about this the other day. I might just not get social media like that, but call me a boomer or whatever you want, but I don't know, I'm not really, not really into the whole hashtag thing. I know it's a, way for players to get excited about a recruiting class and people to communicate, but I'm just, I'm just not there. Yeah. I, I, in advance of this could have prepared a whole thing about it and didn't. Um, it's a fun little thing. Social meeting engagement with fans in the recruiting class, although not actually tweeting, treating it, not actually tweeting at recruits. Cause don't it recruits do not um, tweet it's a, at recruits. Yeah. Don't, it's official ThursdayNight.com message. Don't tweet. Don't tweet at quotes. Uh, but it's also for guys to communicate with other people who are in the signing class with them, and it's a way for the coaching staff to have like a hype message or whatever. And honestly, it just feels like a way for like interns on the team to come up with trendy marketing hashtag things so that they can have something in their resume. So let's add stuff to our resume. Anyone have any 21 related hashtags? Um, the one I saw that I liked was savages, but it's understandably a pretty popular one. And so we're not going to probably copy that because 
Georgia State are trendsetters, not trend followers. Am I right? Well, depending on who you ask. <laughs> Thank you for the uh, playing along. That was, that was really good. I really well, we're, felt we're great at transitions. We're great at chemistry. We're great at hashtags. Man, what can we not do? I feel like the only hashtag that I can come up with on like such short notice has something connecting 21 and Savage because of the rapper. So maybe don't include me in your marketing. No, yeah, social media people Savages. are that was yeah. the same one. I Man, we're batting a thousand uh, today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're batting 2121 today. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> I know the uh, the folks over at Panther Talk had a little bit of fun with the hashtag thread. If you uh, are inclined to go see what they had to say, you can go check that out. Uh, there are some pretty funny ones in there that I don't know. We maybe necessarily shouldn't repeat <laughs> on the podcast, but yeah, go check that out. But uh, other than that, yeah, I just, sorry, man. I just hashtags just really aren't my thing. In case you haven't told, we're really hip, so we are obviously the people to ask this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I will say I like coming up with fun stuff like that. Nothing just striking me with the number 21 right now. Uh, someone will come up with something and it'll be good. And I'll be like, should have thought of that. But the creative juices aren't flowing as far as the number 21 goes right now. I mean, hey, we co-opted the Thurs thing that so many people seem to hate and it worked out all right. So maybe we're just hidden talent with these hashtags. But we'll find out. Social media people on the team know what they're doing. They've got a pretty good handle on things, so I'm sure we'll see something interesting come up in the next couple weeks and months as that unfolds. Here, I got it. All right, what you got? Kind of. Uh, it's kind of basically like light it blue, but light up the city, except there's a two in front of the I in light, and then the I in light is also one. So L21, light hmm. up the city. All right. So well, moving we'll, on, uh, <laughs> we'll tack it on to the uh, post of the podcast. We'll try and get it trending. Oh, good Lord. As everyone starts hashtagging everything with that. So anyway, moving on, Bailey would like to know what scheduled non-conference games are you most looking forward to? Let's say other than the Georgia Tech games, because those are a given. This is in reference to football, by the way. Yeah, we're not. Uh, Mind readers knowing the basketball conference schedules, which are non-conference schedules, which aren't out yet. <laughs> I I would say just it's it seems like the topical thing to say because they just won the national championship. But honestly, removing the fact that LSU is very nationally relevant right now, I've always gotten the vibe that Baton Rouge is a really cool place to see a game. And so I would say LSU in 2023 from my point of view. So I'm going to kind of cheat when I answer this because I'm going to pick a slew of games instead of just one game. I'm really excited for the 2022 non-conference slate because they go to South Carolina, then host North Carolina and then play Charlotte and Army. So just kind of grabbing those three Carolina schools and then going to Army. That sounds like a lot of fun. You know, like, yeah, LSU is big and bad. And, you know, Georgia Tech is that that new face in 2024. But 2022 is the year that I feel like Georgia State is going to really show out in non-conference. Yeah, that's an interesting point to bring up, because in 2020, the Panthers are going to host East Carolina. So uh, 
hey, could be Carolina champs, as it were, in those couple years, depending on uh, how it shakes out. But yeah, I think that's uh, probably close to what I would have to go with for an answer as well. It's a pretty interesting slate of local and, well, Army's not really local, but they're kind of a global fan base. The, the game was really fun this past year, even though it rained. So I think, uh, I don't know if any Panther fans will really travel up to Mitchie Stadium in 2022, but uh, 2021, they're back in the ATL. So we'll see. I just want to say for the record, I gave one answer for this question. I tried out a hashtag. So I'm I'm out here. I'm trying things. I'm not I'm not taking little <laughs> cop outs. Yeah, well, not cop not everyone <laughs> not everyone can be the uh the uh whatever. I can't even I'm such a cop out I can't even think of a way to call you a cop out. But anyway, hopefully that uh answers your question, Bailey. Uh so Finally, we have Steve from Fayetteville back at it asking us, uh, do you think Jamil Muhammad, the quarterback transfer from Vanderbilt, if you're unaware, is the leading quarterback candidate for 2020? I hope so. I, you know, that's that's a terrible yeah, answer I mean, right, to that right question. This second, I, I, I think the answer is right now he absolutely is by virtue of bringing, I guess, the most pedigree, for lack of a better word, with combination of having been in the system for a year. Um, I think it, he, you know, if, if spring practice was today, they would get the first team steps the most right now. And then a week later, Michele Colosordo be the number one starter at that point because of how spring goes. So it feels really up in the air and it doesn't feel like the coaching staff is really going to tilt this in any direction. I think that their favorite is whoever looks the best, but definitely right now, I'd say he'd be who say I would right now would be the starter against Murray State but there's a lot of time between now and then and we'll see how spring practice and fall camp shapes up yeah that's going to be one of the bigger storylines I think in this year's spring practice all right so thanks Ben Bailey and Steve for your questions always appreciated and thank you to everyone listening for supporting us during the past year it's been a really really cool fun experience for all of us getting to talk about sports and just interact with the community and be part of the upward-trending Georgia State uh, sports community. Everything's been really exciting, and uh, quite honestly, it's been a very humbling experience getting to be a small part of it. So thank you, guys. It's uh, been really cool. We'll talk a little bit about it more next week, and then uh, the website will be a year old and in two weeks, and I'll probably do something for that, a little refresh, a little editorial or something like that, but... Uh, I don't know, I've got nothing but gratitude for being able to do something just so fun and so rewarding. And uh, yeah, so thanks, everybody. It's been fun. We're looking forward to a lot more fun in the future. And we'll uh, catch you next week. See ya. The Thursday Night Podcast is a production of ThursdayNight.com, the independent source of choice for all things Georgia State sports. This podcast and all included sounds are exclusive property of and copyright 2019 Jordan Crawford Enterprises, LLC, on behalf of ThursdayNight.com, unless otherwise specified. The podcast is produced by Programming Director Brady Weiler and Technical Director Jordan Crawford, with assistance from co-hosts Taylor Dynan and David Salmon. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, as well as podcast aggregators like Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcast. To submit questions and comments, or to request information on advertising and corporate partnerships, contact the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Thursday Night or via email at thursdaynight at gmail.com.